Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host of the Shine Online podcast and the CEO at Shine with Natasha, where I specialize in Instagram strategy and video storytelling. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know and share my best Instagram strategies with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest conversations, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Welcome to the show, Yasmin. I'm so excited to talk all the legal things, break it down, make it really simple, actionable for everyone. So welcome. Thank you so much, Natasha. I'm so happy to be here. So I want you to kind of give a little bit of an introduction to your background, how you got to where you are in your business, and then we'll get all into the legal chat. Yes. Thank you. All right. So my name is Yasmeen Salem Hamden. I am a business and brand protection lawyer and the founder of coachesandcompany.com. We are a digital product-based e-commerce and moving into a media company role. We're creating educational content for digital entrepreneurs. So people that are ready to take control of their income and their ability to create financial freedom for themselves, to leverage their skills, to work with their own clients and serve their audience in a way that feels right to them, that honors them and their abilities and their strengths. And to do all of that in a way that is legal, where you are protected, where your clients are protected. We are just on such a fun ride and supporting our community and uh, just providing access to information that historically was not accessible to women, to marginalized communities, specifically women of color, did not have access to legal information, legal resources. A lot of the time, hiring a law firm or working with a lawyer one-on-one is just out of reach at certain stages of business, especially in the early stages. So we have legal contract templates that we provide access to that are instantly downloadable. They're lawyer-created. They're industry specific, so they're designed with digital entrepreneurship in mind. Uh, And we recently launched a verified business registry and digital directory that is searchable where you can find other professionals to support you in your business from business coaches to graphic designers, social media managers, podcast producers, um, and all of them are, uh, they're just the most amazing people. So I'm excited to share more about that. We've obviously got a lot going on and I'm excited to get into it all during uh, today's episode. Oh, that is incredible. And I can confirm I've used a lot of your different templates for my own business, for offering VIP days and shifting our offers and everything in between. And I just love how accessible it is, right? And how how many really great options you have for no matter where you're going and pivoting and changing in business, I'd love to hear more about the shifts that you're doing in your own business. So what has that looked like of starting, you know, with your shop and those digital resources to now expanding Mm -hmm. and growing things like what does that kind of look like behind the scenes of just like juggling everything there's like team that goes into it so kind of give us the behind the scenes of that 
Woo. Okay. Get comfortable because (laughs) as you know, and as I'm sure many of your listeners know that it's a lot, it's a lot of, it can, it can be a lot of moving parts, especially as you're pivoting and growing and expanding and, and rendering service to, and and customer service to your customers and clients. So to back up a little bit, I started in uh, my entrepreneurial journey as a, as an attorney uh, providing legal services. So I started my law firm in 2016. I started working with clients, supporting them in their businesses, helping them get the right legal protections in place. As far as their contracts go, their trademarks, their copyrights, business entity. So forming the LLC, forming the corporation, making sure all your legal ducks are in a row, right? Because that's important, especially as we're starting out, we want to make sure we have a solid legal foundation in place. So as I continued working with my clients, I was creating content on Instagram. Instagram was my jam. It's still my jam. I still love it there. (laughs) And uh, that's where you and I actually connected. And so I was creating content and engaging with my community and hearing them out and understanding what their needs were. And I recognized that the market was changing and this digital landscape was just a whole new world, right? And, And what the way that entrepreneurs were served previously was not sufficient. And this community, specifically this community of service providers, professional service providers, providing coaching, providing consulting, providing agency services, they were severely underserved. And a lot of the people I was meeting with were simply not in a season of business where they could invest 5,000 plus dollars in hiring a law firm, which is understandable, right? There are a lot of things that you can invest those funds in if you have those funds available that can propel your business forward, that can help you grow, that can take some weight off of you and off of your plate. And legal stuff sometimes is just not the most enticing. It doesn't always move the needle in a way that you want the needle to move in your business, right? And so we, I I recognized at that time, I say we, because now I'm so grateful I have a team that supports me. At the time it was just me, right? It was, it was just me uh, wanting to start this new endeavor. And so I recognize that we needed to support this community in other ways and provide access to legal protections. And so uh, fast forward, we created these digital products. So I created these uh, downloadable, ready to use legal contract templates that you can purchase, download them right away. It comes with instructions and a video and all that good stuff that I know you're familiar with. Thank you again for uh, sharing that. And you know, it just uh, is a fraction of the price and the time required to yeah. get those same legal protections in place if you are working with a lawyer one-on-one. And so I'm not here to, to you know, put down legal services or and they certainly have their place and they have their season. And, you know, it's just a matter of making sure that you have the legal protections in place from the jump, right? So right when you get started, uh, even if you can't invest thousands in a law firm, you're still worthy of protection. Your business is still worthy of protection. You should still have access. I truly believe that you should still have access to legal protections. Mm -hmm. And that's our mission is supporting women and members of other marginalized communities in business, making sure that they're able to Uh, One of our trademarks is uh, build a protected and profitable business. So we want you to make money. We want you to do what you do, but we also want to make sure that you have your legal foundation in place. Um, And so I began to pivot and make that move from full-time in my law firm, providing legal services to building this digital product-based e-commerce that just took off, was so, how do I even say it was like well-embraced, like just 
felt so much love from our community and so much gratitude from our community. And that was reciprocated. We felt so much and I feel so much love for our community and, and love to support them and love to be supported too. And, um, it's just a whole different world, you know, as far as moving from providing legal services and especially in the traditional legal world, and then moving into the digital entrepreneurship space, there's digital marketing involved, digital products involved. And that was about a year and a half ago that we launched Coaches and Company. And so it was a few months into the pandemic, like we were actively developing it when the pandemic hit and we were just oh. like, oh, sh- I don't know if I can curse actually. On yeah, there, you but- curse. <laughs> okay, we were like, oh shit, what's going on? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. What is happening right now? Yeah. Like, okay, well, there's a lot of uncertainty in March, 2020, right? I'm sure you remember. Yeah. Or maybe oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> It's kind of a blur, but it's also very clear that I remember that feeling of uncertainty. Like, I don't really know what's going on. I remember sharing on Instagram uh, stories. I was like, you guys, I think this is going to be over in a couple weeks. Like how naive of me. I, I was just trying to be <laughs> of the voice all of, of us. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to be positive. It turns out I was being naive, but we just didn't know, you know? So we just continued in our development and then launched July, 2020 Again, it was so embraced by the community and we've just found that the pandemic really has had like a domino effect of women and and women of color leaving corporate environments where they were undervalued, where they were not compensated fairly for their work, where they were required to uh, bend to support that company, right? And um, make sacrifices and work ridiculous hours and high demands from the company, from their bosses. And I'm here for the be your own boss lifestyle. I know you are too. Yeah. We were talking about it before we started recording of like, when was commuting a thing? Oh my God. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Mm -hmm. not doing that anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, please no. So, so yeah, it has been, it's been a year and a half since we launched. And in that year and a half, we're all about getting feedback from our community, from our audience, learning more about the type of support that they need. And what we found is that as more people enter into this online space, inevitably, and I know that I imagine that you have also noticed this and others have noticed this as well, is more and more people are popping up out of nowhere. Like I'm the expert in this. I'm the guru in this. I know this. I know that I could teach you all about X, Y, Z. And it's like, okay, I'm here for that. I'm here to learn from you. I'm here to to hear you out, but I need a track record. Like I, yeah. I, we need some sort of accountability in this space and a way that we can vet other professionals, a way that we can scope out. And a lot of people are building those skills as far as how can I better vet other professionals that I encounter online? How can I vet other people that are teaching, you know, these strategies or that strategy or this approach or, you know, and so that is what led to launching of what we have called creme de la creme, which is our verified registry and business directory. And it's totally searchable public free to use directory of vetted service professionals. And so again, it's everyone from 
business coaches, to social media managers, to podcast producers, to brand photographers, everything that you really need to support you in your business. We've got professionals that are vetted and verified and ready for you too. And the profiles are so fun and beautiful and just really showcase the professional themselves. So what they do and who they work with and, and what their jam is. And then also who they are as a person, what their favorite things are and and the type of person, what their style is, the type of person they like to work with. You can also on their profiles, see, um, you know, their, their free resource. If they have a free resource available, all of their different links and, and places that they live online. And so my passion for this has grown as far as helping others appropriately vet and, and vet others well before they invest, because you may have also heard over the past few years, people getting scammed, people out here scamming. Um, and so we want to avoid that. Like, that's not the fun part of business. Like let's minimize that as much as we can so that we can, and it, and it's in line with our philosophy on getting your legal stuff in order because doing damage control is very expensive. It's very time consuming. And we want to avoid that. We don't want to invest in our business in that way. We don't want to have to do the damage control or clean up or, or, you know, just write it off as a loss. If I invest in someone and it ends up, you know, just not being what I thought it was going to be. We want to invest in our businesses for growth to propel ourselves and our companies and our clients forward and making exciting, fun investments as opposed to doing the damage control. So my philosophy is be proactive, don't wait to be reactive. And that applies, I feel like in a lot of different areas. Definitely. And I feel like one of the many things that are really intimidating in business is like the financials, when you get to hiring a team, figuring out who to hire, all that. But I think at the core of it is like the legal part of business is really intimidating for a lot of people and might even prevent people from launching the business, from launching the product. So I'd love for you to cover your framework on like, how can we just make sure that we are legally protected? Like, what are the, the basic things that we need to think about when we are starting that foundation, whether maybe we haven't done it just yet, no shame, that's okay. We can help you out now. Or if people are like, okay, I'm ready to start. I need support. So where, where do we start? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So you really nailed it in that it does stop some people from moving forward. It can feel like such a blocker because there's so much uncertainty. You lack confidence. It's like, I didn't go to law school, so I don't know what the hell this is. And then it's also like, okay, well, let me find somebody that does, that did go to law school and that is equipped to, to advise me in this. And then it's like, okay, thousands of dollars required to do that. You know? So first things first, I want to say, uh, before you get started, if you're able to consult with meet with a lawyer or, and meet with an accountant for like a one hour consultation, like do that, just do that right off the bat, just so you can share with that professional, all of the things that you're planning to do, what you're planning to sell, how you're planning to expand, like, what is your, what are your intentions and what are your plans and allow for them to help you issue spot and identify the, the landmines that might come up. And that way you can be, you know, let's go back to it, be proactive as opposed to waiting to be reactive, waiting to be taken by surprise. But yeah, just that, just that tip there. And so our framework, so uh, it's a three-part framework and um, we really start off by uh, that first part is to have a business entity in place. So what is that business entity? That's your LLC or that's your corporation. It is the creation of an 
a being separate from you. And so even if you are working under your personal brand, even if all your services are under your personal brand, you can still create a business entity that creates legal separation, financial separation, liability separation between you, the person, you, the individual, you and all of your personal assets. Maybe you have property, maybe you have, you know, uh, personal property, maybe you have bank accounts and then everything going on in your business, all the contracts you're entering into in your business, the finances of your business, your bank account, any debt, if you decide to take out a loan or something in connection with your business, that can be separate from you, the person. So we want to make sure we have that entity in place in order to create that personal liability protection, excuse me, to shield you from anything that might go south in your business or anything that might go south in your personal life. We want to make sure our business is protected and we ourselves are protected as well. It also makes things a lot easier come tax time. If you have a separate business bank account, that all of your business stuff is going, all of your business income is going into there. And then all of your business expenses are coming out of there. We don't want to commingle funds. So the sooner you're able to create separation between you, the person and your business, the better. Um, Some people are like, when is the right time across the board to get legal stuff? It's the sooner, the better. If you are in it to win it, if you are in it to see success and experience growth in your business, like, why are you, why are you doubting yourself? You know, your doubt, that's doubt right there. If you're telling yourself, well, I'm I'm not going to get ahead of myself and get an, get an LLC or get a corporation. Just, yeah, let me just make sure I got something going here. Like, no, if you know, if you're about to get something going, you know, so it's, there is no one specific right time. That's a question that I get a lot is when is the right time for me to get legal stuff in place? If you have plans and you're ready to execute on those plans, now is the time, my friend. Yep. Now is the time. So that's that first part of our framework is to get that entity in place and create a separate being somebody that is completely separate from you, the person, and that can be your entity. The second part of the framework is having contracts in place. So having the right written agreements in place between you and everyone you enter into professional relationships with. And so if you are entering into a professional relationship with your clients, you need a contract in place with your clients, professional relationship with other service providers. So if you are contracting services from another, you, there should be a written agreement in place there. If you're hiring someone to work internally in your business, maybe it is an independent contractor. Maybe it is an employee having written agreements in place there. If you're engaging in different collaborations um, or joint ventures or creating content with somebody else in partnership with someone else. Anytime a business relationship is at play, there should be something in writing in order to minimize the likelihood of disagreements, misunderstandings. Um, None of that, you know, come into an agreement via email or call it on a handshake. Like we're not here for that because We want it to be recorded, reduced to writing so that we can always go back and understand how did we agree in this professional relationship and every relationship is different. Every offer is different. Every container is different. How did we agree that we would resolve this type of issue, whether it's rescheduling calls or pausing services or a refund policy or, um, you know, liability, uh, the scope of the services, what all was actually, what did we really agree was going to be included in the scope of the services, whether you're the one providing the service or the one receiving the service, it benefits all parties involved. Everybody benefits when the relationship is in writing so that we can rely on that and look to that for guidance so that we can maintain a positive relationship. You know, we want to have successful relationships. And a lot of people are like, well, we're good. We're friends. We don't 
don't really need it in writing. I'm like, you're friends for now. But I've seen a lot of friendships dissolve as a result of business disputes that they simply were not on the same page because there literally was not a page that recorded what they, what they agreed to. So contracts are, are an integral part of doing business entering into professional relationships. And then that final part of our framework addresses intellectual property. So IP, and this is huge. If you are in the digital space, uh, I can almost guarantee that you are creating intellectual property. If you are writing Instagram captions and publishing that, that's intellectual property. If you are creating graphics, if you're capturing photos, video, this podcast recording is intellectual property. If you are building a brand, if you are writing blog posts, if you're sending emails, if you are, I think I mentioned photos, video, anything visual, written, audio, all of these original works of art or authorship are considered, uh, intellectual property assets. And then there's also the side of building your brand. So the name of your podcast, the name of your program, the name of your company, if you have a a name for your signature service or signature framework, these are pieces of intellectual property as well. So we want to make sure that we are taking the steps necessary and have the knowledge as we, that we carry that knowledge as we go about building our business uh, to make sure that we're protecting our own intellectual property. And then also that we are not stepping on anybody else's toes in infringing on their IP. We want to avoid any type of legal issues that way. And so, yeah, all of these sort of come together and there's a lot of overlap between the contracts and the IP and then the entity, of course, that houses all of your business activity. But we have found that the more and more we share this information and this knowledge and these resources with our audience, the more empowered and confident our audience feels and our community feels, you know, they, they really hear this and they're like, Oh my God, that was so easy to understand. Like I can't, I've always been so intimidated. Intimidated is a word that we hear a lot from our community is I've always been so intimidated of legal, but I love how you guys break it down in an easy way that's digestible, that's relatable, that is actually directly applicable to this industry and this context, because a lot of the legal information out there is like, hold on, what are you even saying? Is that even relevant here? Like, does that, that doesn't even make any sense. And it's because the traditional lawyer doesn't understand this space, doesn't understand the digital landscape. So the law is really slow to catch up, but that is our framework. And that's a, so a general overview of those three parts, the, the entity and creating separation so that your business stands on its own two feet. And then having the written agreements in place between you and anybody you are interacting with professionally, anybody that you're entering into a business relationship with, and then being mindful of your intellectual property, protecting your intellectual property and respecting the intellectual property rights of others. Definitely so good. And I love how you were talking about, you know, those first two steps. Like I will wholeheartedly admit I was so afraid to do, but I have had to fall back on every contract when I was a social media manager, when I've hosted my mastermind, my program, digital products, when people, you know, don't make their payments, all those types of things, like they will happen eventually if they haven't already happened to you. And if they have happened, chances are you really wish that you had something to enforce it. And I love how you highlighted that it really is protecting both parties. And, and that's the great thing is when you're delivering these types of agreements and contracts, like you can say it in a way that feels like 
can you sign this contract? Like say like, Hey, I want to make sure we're both safe in this. So we can really see the best results for both of us, whatever, you know, here's my agreement, you know, those types of things. So I love how you highlighted that. And I want to talk about that third part, because I think, I don't know about you, but I've seen more and more of that becoming a true problem and a very public issue Mm -hmm. for content creators, for course, digital product creators of people stealing other people's content, intellectual property, um, whether it's something that's paid or free, like an an Instagram post or graphic and, or the other person being like, I didn't even know I was doing that. I'm not at fault and break break it down for us because I think that there there's a, like a really blurred line and a misunderstanding of what that actually is and how it actually looks. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first I want to say on your earlier comment, you really nailed it. And this is something that I also say all the time is when it comes to legal is it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when it just comes with the territory. It's the nature of doing business. It's the nature of selling something, the nature of creating a company. It's not a matter of if here you're going to run into legal stuff. It's a matter of when. And so when that time comes, you're either going to be ready to, to handle the situation. Like it sounds like you were in those different containers that you created and the different offers. It's like, okay, somebody had a question. There was a misunderstanding. We're not on the yep. same page, page here. We can go back and look to the contract that we both yep. signed. Um, and you're going to be able to approach that in a confident way, uh, feeling confident in your message and what it is that you want to share with the other person and, and what it is that you want to arrive at as a resolution, or you're going to be shaking in your boots. Like, uh, I don't really know what to do like yeah. we didn't really ever have a contract. <laughs> I need to give a refund now. Like what's going on? Um, and so yeah, definitely. And then as far as you know, being afraid to share something, a contract with the other party, this is another thing that I hear from a lot of people is like, uh, I don't want them to be upset or offended that I asked them to sign a contract. Like, I don't want it to get weird, but it really doesn't have to be weird. If you're a professional and they are professionals, then they expect you to send a contract. It's actually yeah. a red flag if there isn't a contract. So Just know that it's a matter of confidently putting that forward, knowing what it is that you're sending to them and then sending it their way for them to review and to sign, which brings up another point as far as our contract templates, we don't include any like weird legalese. Our, our contracts are in plain English, which I imagine you recall, Natasha. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It makes it so easy to understand because the last thing you want is to send a contract to somebody and they're like, what does this part mean? And you're like, I actually don't know. Yeah. You want to understand it. And so that's something that our, our community really loves is having access to something that is legally free. There's none of that weird legal language that's confusing, intimidating, the small fine print, none of that, all plain English, because you want to be able to understand a contract so that you can explain it and so that you can enforce it if the time comes. So, so on that note, uh, if it's not a matter of, if it's a matter of when same, that also applies to content creation and infringement issues that you brought up. And I've also seen recently, a lot of things, uh, being addressed publicly because they're not resolved. I don't know if we're talking about the same situations, but it's been multiple in the last year. Yeah. It's been multiple, um, situations in the last year, as far as content creators, Here is something that I want to share with you guys that I want you to remember is that content creation equals asset creation, 
period. When you're creating content, you are creating an asset. When you create content, whether it's visual, audio, or written, you as the creator of that content, you automatically by default have the exclusive rights to the use of it, to the sale of it, to the repurposing of it. So we can repurpose it, create derivative works based on it, uh, to the licensing of it. So you have those exclusive rights. And so when we create content, when I write a blog, when I record a podcast, when I create an ebook, when I produce a, a course, and I put that out into the world, that is exclusively my right. And then when I provide access of it to others, I'm giving them and my purchasers, my customers, I'm giving, I'm giving them a license to the use of that content. And they only have uh, in my terms and conditions of that course or of that program or of whatever it is that they're accessing, I am providing them with a license. And I want to make sure that the terms of that license are very clear right? You can't yeah. give somebody else the login info to your court, to our course, and somebody else can get in there because that's infringement on my rights. Uh, I only gave you one license. Only you can use that content. Only you can access it. And then we want to go further too, is we see a lot of these issues coming up where people are accessing a course or accessing a program. And then there's like a Maybe it's a spreadsheet tool, you know, or maybe it's different prompts like uh, social media caption prompts, perhaps, right? And we want to make sure that the the customers or the users in that that had access to it, they purchased it. They're not taking that and then selling it as their own. That's something that we cannot do. We should not do unless the terms of that license say they can, because sometimes you can, right? It just yeah. depends. And so that just goes to um, further emphasize when you are creating content and you're sharing that content with others, whether it's free or paid, make it clear what the terms are of the use of that content and make sure that you are only putting out original content that you have the authorization to put out. If you don't have, don't play in the gray, you know, yeah. just don't, it, you will really want to make sure that it's, you're very clearly in the clear or, you know, there's, you want to stay away, obviously from the illegal stuff, the infringement yeah. stuff, but it really comes back to so much of what we can do to approach those types of situations is before that situation even arises. Make sure yeah. we have the right protections in place as far as the terms and conditions into our different offers and the contracts into our different offers um, in your materials. So if you have an ebook or you know some sort of PDF uh, resource that you provide to your customers, to your clients, in your programs, in your courses, um, if you have a I know a lot of people in the um, digital marketing space, uh, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or um, email marketing, they have different tools that they've developed. Maybe you have a tool that you've developed that you use to create your, to organize your process or to, um, maybe it's a spreadsheet or it's an Airtable uh, or ClickUp, you know, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Template. Template. Yeah. It could be yeah, like a template. Calendar, I'm thinking like a different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like a content calendar or an, a, you know, an approach that you've created to developing and brainstorming different ideas or topics or a way your signature approach to repurposing original content and creating more content pieces from it. Uh, you want to make sure that you are not, you know, putting that out there and then somebody else can just swipe it rebrand it and then sell it as their own. We want to make sure that we're providing the correct notices and accurate notices in there. For example, letting them know, you know, you, if you've accessed this, you cannot sell this, you cannot share it with others. There's a limited license in this. Only you can use this for personal use within your business. 
et cetera. So making sure we're proactive. And then yeah. in the event that it does come up that we are just documenting everything that has taken place. And if it is in fact, um, you know, a very serious situation, if you do believe that someone has, uh, you know, committed theft of your intellectual property, definitely consult with an attorney at that time. So you can share with them the specific circumstances of the situation and they can properly advise you and provide you with that personalized advice as far as how you can navigate that. Cause it can be a sticky situation. Yeah, definitely. It really can. And I feel like so much of that is preventable, which is really all that we've been talking about today. Like we can prevent those situations. You don't have to fear them. Um, mm -hmm. Doesn't make it even more fun when they happen, not if, when, <laughs> but yep. um, you really want to protect yourself. So I love that we were able to talk about that. And I want to kind of end things off on like when people are in that stage of like, okay, like maybe I already have my contract. Like I've already, you know, done a lot of that framework and, and really mm -hmm. addressed it. What are some things I need to think about as I continue to grow and scale my business? What are some common things that you see people needing to address when they get into that season of like really scaling and growing pretty fast? Ooh, such a good question. Thank you. Yeah. So one thing that comes to mind is as you're growing in your business, you are going to uh, begin to bring in other professionals, other people to support you in uh, rendering of the service, operations, content marketing. I know content marketing is huge. I feel like if you're not creating content as part of your marketing strategy, like, yeah, is, are you marketing? I guess is yeah. the question, right? I like, are you support that? <laughs> I mean, I would think you would, right. But like, that's, that's just real. That's the yeah. nature of, you know, doing business yeah. now. And I can't imagine that we're not going to be in a world. I yeah. can't imagine a world without content. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if you are, uh, deciding to, so we've got, you know, rendering of the service, we've got operations, administrative stuff, and then we've got content creation. And so you are going to be bringing people into those different departments of your business. You, you may decide, okay, well, I really want to focus. I want to continue to focus my energy and my time and my resources on content creation, or maybe I want to focus on service uh, rendering of the service, or maybe I want to focus on administrative and, and operations. And so I'm going to bring people in to fill in the gaps, right? So in those different departments. And so if you're bringing someone into your content creation to support you in writing content, creating graphics, maybe capturing photos, so a, a photographer, a videographer, whatever it might be, remember what I said earlier in that when you create content, you by default are the owner of all of those rights, the right to publish it, to make money off of it, to repurpose it, to license it to others. So when you outsource content creation to somebody else, to an agency, to an individual, by default, they own it, even if you paid them to create it. So if I hire a blog writer to come in and write blogs for our, for our blog and they're writing blogs every single month, if our contract does not state that they expressly transfer ownership of the content that they're creating, then they maintain ownership of it, which in some contexts that might be okay. You know, in other contexts, it might not. In a situation where you're having them create content for you, written content or, or graphics or uh, video or photography, 
the way to look at it there is, okay, if, if they maintain ownership of it, that means they can license that to others. That means they can take these photos and put them on a stock photography website, which I've had clients. They're like, holy crap. I, somebody sent me this picture that somebody's using and it's photos from my event. And it turns out that that photographer they hired in the contract, they maintain ownership of their rights in the photos. And so that means they can turn around and put that on a stock photo website. That means if you, uh, you know, for example, if you sell physical products and you're having a photographer take photos of your physical product, they could turn around and sell those photos to somebody else selling the sim a similar product, right? Mm -hmm. If you're writing blogs, they can turn around and license those blogs or that content to somebody else that sells something similar or that, you know, they might be able to benefit from. So again, in some contexts, it might make sense for them to maintain ownership of it. In others, you as the business owner, you really want to make sure that in your under your umbrella that is your business, that you are maintaining ownership of all of the assets. Because remember, content creation equals asset creation. So if you're having content created in your business, make sure that you are maintaining ownership of it and so that you can continue to leverage those assets for years to come. Um, and so that's one thing I would definitely have on your radar as you're growing, as you're bringing in new team members. And then of course, if you're bringing someone into manage operations, if you're bringing someone in to support you, maybe an associate coach or a co-coach or another guest expert within your program, uh, have a written agreement in place. Make sure that it's very clear the terms of the relationship, the scope of the service they're providing in your business. Um, make sure that you have, you know, we have non-competition language in our associate coach um, and independent contractor agreements. You know, as when you bring people in, you want to make sure they're not coming in and then they solicit your clients or if they're meeting other team members of yours, they, you know, we've seen that happen a lot is post other companies, team members. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're protecting ourselves. And again, it, it comes back to being proactive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so much goodness shared. And I feel like you shared it in such an accessible way, which is what I love so much about what you offer, your templates, your entire thank company. You. So thank you for sharing your amazing wisdom and time with us today on the show and definitely let people know where they can connect deeper, where they can check out that registry, where they can check out your templates. We'll leave all the links in the show notes. So let them know where they can find you. Yay. Thank you so much, Natasha. Yeah. So we are online, of course, coachesandcompany.com and you can connect with us on Instagram. We're at coaches and company. Um, I'm also on Instagram. My name is a bit long, so maybe that'll be in the show. <laughs> yeah, that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> so you can find, but I'm on, I'm on the coaches and company page too. So you can connect with me there for sure. I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can purchase our contract templates at coachesandcompany.com. I think uh, Natasha will have a link for you guys in there. And we talked about creating a special savings code for you guys. Yeah. So you'll be able to, to uh, save a little bit on your purchase if you're ready to get your legal level up on. And then our new digital directory and business registry, Creme de la Creme, can be found online at creme de la creme.biz. That's the shortened URL. So yeah, I hope to connect with you guys online. And again, thank you so much, Natasha, for having me. This is so fun. Yes. Thanks so much for being here and definitely check out all those resources in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you love the gem shared. 
be sure to check out any of the important links I mentioned in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow the show to be the first to know when our next episode airs. If you loved what you heard, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review as it really helps support the show. I love seeing your takeaways from the episode over on the gram, so be sure to tag me in your stories at Shine with Natasha. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. See you next time.